Welcome to my super type A attempt at being Zen, the podcast. My name is Risha York, and I will be your host. If you are overworked, overtired, overstretched, overwhelmed, just over it, you are in the right place. We like to say we are currently working towards Zen-ish. I'm thrilled that you've joined us. Let's see who will be supporting us on our path to Zen today. Hello and welcome back to my super type A attempt at being Zen. My guest today is Beth Grixty and she is a QHHT practitioner. I'll give her a second to introduce herself. Welcome back, Beth. Thank you. <laughs> this is so exciting again. <laughs> I know. And so I say back because we had to re-record this. Because our first recording sounded like it was completely underwater. Yeah, it was really weird because we tested and it was fine and then it wasn't. So folks, like I have to tell you a lot of spooky stuff happens when Beth and I are together and this just is taking the cake, frankly. Um, I did go and do a QHHT session with her where her audio and her backup audio both failed at like a pivotal point in the session um <clears throat> call us witches whatever you might call us but something's up yeah I don't know it was the weirdest <laughs> timing on your session because I said is she allowed to know this and then it was done and then it was both were done I'm like apparently not yeah no it's super oh. weird and this happens a lot when we're together there's a lot of weird kind of spooky things that go on um I'm learning to embrace it. I think it's pretty interesting. I mean, <laughs> it definitely reinforces a lot of my like wonder about the universe. Right. Yeah. yeah. And also a little bit of fear, frankly. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, it definitely feels like we're not really in the driver's seat when that happens. <laughs> but anyways, we're here re-recording, which is exciting because now we get to hang out again. Yes. I love that. So that's fun. It's a nice surprise. Yeah, sure. Happy accidents. Yeah. Right. Um, but the good news is we have Beth back and she was happy to be here. And so I'm going to give her a second, go ahead and introduce yourself. Beth. All right. I am, uh, Beth clearly. Um, and I began, um, learning about QHHT a little over a year ago now. And, um, this was, um, Dolores Cannon had come up with this sort of technique that got you to the, the theta state. So that is where we practice when we're doing a QHHT session. Um, I myself am from Muskoka, so I have to do all my practices in person. So generally people have to come to me in order to do that. Um, so, but it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, and I don't know what else to say really. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I guess. Yeah. There's too much when you're introducing yourself. I don't even know. Where to I know. Yeah. I know. I just, you know, it's the lazy way of me not saying the wrong thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't want, <laughs> this is what Beth does. And then it's like, well, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so we get to talk about the same questions we talked about last time, yeah. but it is our listeners first time hearing it. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. Um, so the first question I had was what changed for you when you began studying QHHT? 
So pretty much everything, I would say, because um, first of all, I don't know if anyone knows any of the books by Dolores Cannon, but her her uh, all of her books are basically writings from her sessions. So people would be speaking to her and giving this information, and then she would go to another country, let's say, and that session would then somehow continue on the same information. Oh, wow. Which is incredibly strange. So that really fascinated me. And Dolores herself is like a skeptic first, which is where I sort of reside. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm like, I want all this to be true, but like, is it? Oh, same. Yeah. Right. So of course my next like step would be to then learn it myself because I was curious and um, I am very grateful to have had many people that I know give me an entire day of their life to work with. And um, each one has been incredibly unique and interesting and mind-blowing. Um, I've had two myself that I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. So I was trying to do it in order to feel what maybe they would be feeling, but yeah. I don't, I, I was so aware during my sessions that um, I never had that feeling of like stepping aside or like witnessing a conversation. And some people have that, yeah, which is really cool. So I've got to facilitate those kinds of um, sessions, yeah. which is mind blowing. Uh, cause I ask everyone, I'm like, what was it like? Cause like, I want to know what everyone's experience is. And it's, it's usually pretty incredible. They're like, I, and people will come out sometimes and be like, oh, I don't know, maybe I made it up. I'm like, okay, but why would you make that up? That's pretty weird. And like, especially with past lives, they're generally pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're not, there's not a lot going on. It's like, why would you make that up? If you're going to make something up, why wouldn't it be cool? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, very fair. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, it's, it's changed everything really, because I've had, uh, especially sessions with my dad, which he's agreed to allow me to publish. Mm -hmm. Um, he's had, uh, st like stuff that we could Google after and, and fact check. And then it's a, like a life from the 1600s that we were able to fact check things on, Yeah, which was just mind blowing and like listening to it. It's just so weird when you know this person and then it sounds like a completely different person. Yeah, absolutely. So he goes fully somnambulistic, which means that he becomes the person in that lifetime when we do a past life, like aspect of it. Yeah. And then when we go to speak with um, the, we call it the subconscious, it could be higher self. Some people who don't believe in that, I just say like, sure, let's, let's say it's your subconscious part of your mind or yeah. even even just look at it as your imagination but it's got all the information that you need because it's all within you so some people just look at it at that but when I do this with my dad it's um information that he just couldn't possibly know I've had I've done surrogate sessions on myself through my dad even wow and gotten information about myself that he couldn't know. Like he did, they did a full body scan on me and gave me information. I'm like, yeah, dad wouldn't know that. And yeah. it's just like really, really cool. So yes, my entire, everything changed. I think when I started studying this and actually doing the work. It's wild too. Like, you know, after my session, I felt like I had to marinate on it for a while. Mm -hmm. Like it was one of those things where it didn't immediately hit me as like, whoa, but it was really interesting. Yeah. And I think that was when you said, how was it? I think my response was, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, 
in my session, we went through three different past lives. And I mean, one of them wasn't entirely even a life. It was weird. It was like an organism or something. But mm-hmm. um, the other two lives were very clear mm-hmm. to me. And one of them actually, I didn't entirely digest it until very recently because I was having I was having these thoughts on it and I kept seeing things that would flash back to me because I have an eidetic memory right Mm -hmm. yes which is rare I mean not super rare a lot of people have eidetic memories but um what that means is if I see something experience something see something written down I can recall the image almost exactly as I saw it Mm -hmm. right And so in one of the lives that I experienced, I was a doctor of some kind in an asylum. Mm -hmm. And so it was really clear to me that I felt that that life was very, um, I was very grateful for that life. And we followed it right to the end where I died and I was alone, but I was happy. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I had, what I had been doing was very fulfilling. And I had been thinking about it a lot. And there were words or moments in the last few months where someone would say something or something would happen and it would recall a vision of that past life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, obviously way more impactful than I gave it any credit for in the first hour after I left there. I thought, wow, neat interesting cool but then over the last few months it's almost like it trickled through into my conscious mind and I've been reminded of it regularly and the other life I experienced now in both lives I was men Mm -hmm. I was a man in both lives and the other life I was like a loner drifter guy with a dog yeah the, but you didn't really own the dog. I didn't own the dog. <laughs> it was just a visitor. The dog just followed yeah, me around when like, I wandered around. Yeah. Which yeah. was interesting too. Mm-hmm. So, and I lived in like a rooming house or something with a shared kitchen and it was set kind of in the fifties or sixties, yeah. something like that. I think it was the sixties, but the rooming house I lived in had been decorated in the fifties. Um, Cause that things felt old, like kind of grungy, but like still well kept Mm -hmm. does that make sense the style of it felt like the 50s but outside world felt like the 60s yeah um and so it was really interesting and all of this just kept feeding back into my life Mm -hmm. and very recently I had decided to go back to school or apply to school I don't know if I'm in yet so we'll see by the time you all hear this recording, I will know. So either I'll be very sad that I said I applied to school and I didn't get in, or I'll be thrilled because I actually got in. Um, but I've applied to go back for counseling psychology and in part was influenced by being a doctor in this asylum. Cause as I was thinking about it, I was thinking how fulfilling that felt mm-hmm. and how the work felt like I was home, which is a really strange feeling. Yeah. Yep. And then I thought, I think I've been consciously moving away from that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and very recently got a lot more comfortable with the fact that that's probably where I should have been. Yeah. Several years ago. Maybe. Yeah. But I mean, but it all comes yeah. when it's ready to... It happens to... when it's meant to. Yeah. But very interesting yeah. results 
months later. Mm -hmm. So it's almost nice to be re-recording this. It is actually. That's a really, I didn't know that. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I see. This is why I love the idea that um, part of the actual way of doing this is that we record it and give people the recordings because um, for several reasons to, to reflect back on um, and to see what things have come from that. Yeah. But also there are, are some things that are said that may not click until later. Right. And then there are some things and, and they may be the smallest detail. I have a great story about that. Um, then the other aspect is um, you've got your left side of the brain, which is where the logic is. Right. Yeah. And so listening to the recording over and over again allows that part of the brain to integrate it a lot better right. because you start seeing it may seem magical at first, but you're the, like for me anyway, as a skeptical person, I get a lot of doubt. And if I don't keep looking at it and, and, and just allowing the observation of it to be what it is, instead of constantly trying to make up how this is or yeah. what might be happening other than this, um, it helps the left brain side, uh, actually understand it better. And that's where actual physical healing happens. Right. And so many, like what you'd probably call miracles can happen that way, right. which is just incredible. Um, or the one, um, the one life my dad had, he was on a ship, um, and the captain of the ship, he, he was saying that his jacket smelled like pickled beets and tobacco. And it was just this tiny little sentence in this reading that none of us paid any mind to. So fast forward like nine months later, and he's decided to do this juicing stuff. So he buys a bunch of beets and, um, went to go grab them and where he had stored them, I think four of them had had a little mold on them. And then, so he, he just asked, I think Alexa or something. And he's just like, uh, or Siri, I think he's like, what, like, what's the best way to store beets? And then it goes, the answer he got was like the full history of beets and like when they ended up moving from Egypt, I think it was, and the best way they started and why they use them on ships specifically for scurvy and all this stuff, like stuff he didn't know. Yeah. And then he's so like, that's quite a long answer. It was a really long winded way to say like pickled or fridge basically was the best way to keep them. And it made like, it was just like, okay, well, that was long winded. Why? And so I tried to replicate the search and I could not find that article. Yeah. So all this information. So I did another session with him to ask what, like they said that he was experiencing some fear because he was raised Catholic. And of course we were told hyp hypnosis is like opening you up to possession or something. Right. right. Stuff that's completely not true and fear-based and all that. Right. Um, so they said specifically that they wanted to put that little piece in there so that nine, nine months later when he's feeling this, he will have that moment. And he said, and they said it's this little tiny moment was more impactful than all the other things for him. Wow. Because it was this little reminder. And when I looked at the date, it was nine months to the day yeah. from that first recording to this day that he looked up. It was just like mind blowing constantly where it seems like the smallest detail. That's why I love the recording so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Because going back, you're just like, oh, wow, I forgot that was said. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. So I ended up re-listening to dad's recordings again and even more happened. Oh, it's just, it's incredible. It's, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so eloquent. <laughs> no, but I get it. Like, 
as as someone who's also skeptic first, mm-hmm. I completely hear you. Um, you approach it initially being like, what's this really going to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you start to see evidence of these moments where you're like, well, wait a minute. That's not super explainable. Mm-hmm. And then from a scientific point of view, you try and repeat the problem. You try and make it happen again. Mm-hmm. You try and, you know, and it, it doesn't, you have these moments where you're like, well, hold up. Yeah what's going on sort of like a recording situation yeah. I tried to repeat that problem yeah. and I couldn't make it repeat no so I don't understand why that happened mm-hmm. I I don't have an explanation I did experiment several times around with different settings and different positions and different like I can't explain it and I'm fairly certain we didn't speak like that that day. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you. I guarantee yeah. you we weren't muffled. Like, yeah. and oh, even, wow. yeah, so weird, right? Yeah. So I hear you. So there's a lot. I mean, I think a lot of people are afraid of what they don't know about. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But also we're also guarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. I know I'm guarded yeah, and like through life, you create these walls and these obstacles mm-hmm. internally, right? Sometimes it comes out as like a fixed mindset yeah. where it's like, oh, I can't do math. And you're like, yeah, that's not accurate. Mm-hmm. Like you can teach yourself math. Anyone can teach themselves that it's, it's literally a matter of practice and focus, but like it might not come easily to you, mm-hmm. but you're not incapable. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is where we start to to overcome these obstacles by being like, well, we just have to be a little bit more open minded or growth mindset around Mm -hmm. these obstacles or whatever we've created. Some of them, though, like, you know, and I think this is where QHHT can be really effective are are trauma based. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So they come out of experiencing something and you're thinking I never want to experience that again so you put these walls up mm-hmm. or these obstacles to to not think about those things or not go back to that headspace or whatever it might be yeah. but as a result we're like locking ourselves off from sometimes our true self yeah exactly or our best versions of us which are when you're your best version of you you're the the most helpful in the world like, right you're the biggest version of yourself Yeah, I think about this a lot because I think about, you know, where in life you create hard no's. Mm, That's a good question. Right? Yeah. So, you know, some of it comes out of how you're treated as a child Mm -hmm. and then how you define yourself as a young person in your formative years. Yeah. Right? And you can't see past that definition because it came from the adults in your life or it came from the people who were caring for you or Mm -hmm. whatever they defined you. Yeah. And they generally train you not to question that definition ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what QHHT does is imagine you outside of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like if you can feel the identification of these other lives, if you feel like this is me in this moment, it's, 
it takes you out of the fact that this is the only me. Yeah. Right. So the possibilities expand because like, well, you know, what else have I been and what could I be? Yeah. It's a really interesting way to, um, to grow. Yeah. First of all. And usually what's happening when I, when I do a session, I ask everyone to have a list of questions about their life basically, which could be anything. It could be physical. It could be career. It could be finance. It could be anything, relationships, all of it. Um, And then what tends to happen is they have these past lives that from that moment seem very different or, and, and they may only have one, but like some people have several Yeah, and they don't seem at all connected until we get to the self subconscious or higher self part. And you ask, well, why were these the lives you chose to show? And it's like the revelation from that is just like, of course. And it's always, I feel like the universe is very efficient. It always goes for the quickest route that will have the, the most perfect ripples. Like it just knows. Which our type A people will really appreciate. Yeah, that's nice. (laughs) Um, and so in, in these moments, um, in like one sentence, usually they'll just be like, and by they, I mean the person who's under the hypnosis, I never do the talking. I am only asking the questions. So they're recording, they're hearing their own voice say these things. So it's pretty cool. Um, but, uh, for example, the one, the one session I did, the person had a life where they were, uh, completely alone and happy. And they, I think had a pet dog, (laughs) like a few animals. And then the next one, they were a wife and their entire thing was to make babies. And like, so they were surrounded by a community family, had no moments alone. So the contrast of those two lives in that moment, none of us would be like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. They go together. Yeah. Well, the point of it was that their higher self was trying to show them balance because they were going to extremes in this life too. And they were being pulled in too many directions and to find the balance of of that. Don't, right. don't cut yourself off. Don't be alone, but also don't trap yourself in a situation where you're forced to be with people. Yeah. Allow f- grace for yourself in both areas. And in that moment, it made so much sense because these lives didn't look at all alike. And we were just like, okay, why are you doing this? And yeah. then it actually answered questions for this person yeah. in the most perfect way. And well, and so I think neat. something that our super type A um, listeners will really relate to is that sometimes it's hard to get out of your own way. Oh gosh. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, part of the preparation of getting ready to do this QHHT practice Mm -hmm. is to talk out a whole bunch of things and kind of brain dump and you feel like you're open and ready for anything. And also you're being given permission Mm -hmm. to put, you know, your boundaries or your conscious self on pause. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And in, in those instances, that's my job to build that trust for someone to allow them to let that go. Yeah. In order to do this, that's why um, we say it takes as long as it takes. So the interview portion is what it's called um, where the person talks about their life and, and we go over their questions and all those things. I've had that take as long as eight hours Wow! in the longest one, because like it, people, this is why I dedicate an entire day. And I ask people to do the same, not to plan afterwards, because if you're subconsciously watching a clock, you're not going to relax into this Yeah, and you're not going to get the benefit. 
So I ask for like, just give me a day and we will go as far as we can, because I also want to give them the most healing possible. And ideally they should only ever need one session. Right. Right. So, um, aside from curiosity, some people sure. like to do more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I can appreciate that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, in those cases, there's a lot of healing even from that time yeah. together. Where, I agree. Because it's judgment free. There's absolutely no judgment. I'm holding space. Um, and that person can be validated and seen and just like, yeah, this, this one day. Um, and there's something for someone who is super type a to feel that validation. Mm-hmm. Um, and also recognition, but also throughout the process, like for me, you know, hearing these stories, it allowed me to take things that I had kind of created obstacles in my mind for myself to be like, oh, that's not for you. Mm, yeah. And remove those completely mm-hmm. to be like, well, if these other versions of me experienced that and I'm thinking to myself that's not for you how is Mm -hmm. how can that be true exactly yeah it's true right Mm -hmm. so it questions these preconceived notions we have about ourselves Mm -hmm. and this life that we're currently living yeah definitely right and then for me also just these reinforcements of values that I continue to hold dear right Mm -hmm. the things that help me guide my life in the direction that I feel the most me Mm, yeah right and you could feel them in these other spaces where it's like okay I'm not so far off the mark here yeah right I'm I've lived these moments in time where in theory yeah right where these values were also very strong Mm -hmm. and maybe not all of them but at least the top two or three, right? Mm-hmm. Which is for type A person, very comforting mm-hmm. to feel like, okay, I'm I'm self-aware enough to know that this is the stuff that's most important to me. And it's so important to me. I've lived several lifetimes where this has been at the top of my values chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah, and it was so... That one life specifically for you was so fun for me to watch because um, like when when people are out, oftentimes uh, they're still aware. Aware is not awake. Yeah. As you know, um, but I was very aware. Yeah, you were very aware. So you would have these moments um, where you would say what you were feeling in that lifetime and then how you as the observer was feeling it. And it wouldn't be the same. No, yeah, very different. And it was so cool to watch that. Yeah. Because it's like you're having this dual experience of of this essentially memory of that moment. And it was just the most interesting thing to see because you you had both perspectives that you could draw from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, really interesting. I found it really fascinating. So, you know, kind of along those lines, mm-hmm. how can... QHHT bring about more peace like how does more peace come to you through a hypnosis process or experience um so a bunch of different ways really um first of all like like I was saying the interview process alone just talking your stuff out sometimes just bouncing it off of another person is what people need I had one client that felt 
10 times lighter just from that part. Yeah. And was just so relieved to have that part. And I feel like we all carry so much and we just don't ever want to burden people with sure with our stuff. And oh man. In that space. If that isn't type A, I don't know what it is. Right. Because we carry all the responsibility exactly. of the world on our shoulders exactly. and we don't want to burden other people with our problems or concerns or whatever that might be. So that's a huge deal. Yeah. So that aspect of it in itself can bring a lot of peace. Just having, like I said, that non-judgmental validation, all of that um, has helped a lot. And then the actual lifetime that you see or experience some, like it, it happens in so many different ways, but um, the, the lifetimes it's themselves can bring a ton of understanding. Some of the stuff we've carried over. Yeah. Right. So like uh, some, some even body ailments you may have carried from another lifetime or experience into this life. And that is once you understand its uh, actual root and you can release that, that's where a lot of this healing can come from. Right. Um, and then when you talk to the subconscious or the higher self, um, the understanding you are able to get, like the questions that you bring, I will, we'll develop more questions as we're doing the interview process. Um, those questions that we can ask of the higher self and the answers you can get, um, it's amazing. These things that seem so huge and, and insurmountable gone, right. they can just go and you can release them and you see them for what they are. I don't know. There's something about being in the theta state that allows you this much more grand perspective of all the things. And you just can reevaluate what's important to such a degree that you can let this stuff go that has been stuck. It is so interesting you should say that because part of the super type A attempt at being Zen program is to get yourself to a place where you can have clarity mm. on the things that are happening in your life and then reprioritize yeah. in a way where it's like, actually, this thing that I hem and haw over and make a big deal about should not occupy my brain space anymore. I'm, I'm allowing this to manage my life Yeah, and it's not serving me. Right. So in that program, we do a lot of work around that. That's How do you awesome. release those things? How do you let them go? How do you notice patterns? Yeah. Oh, that's hard. How many of us are even taking time to reflect? Right. It's so it's like, you have to add it on the list as another to do. That's it. When you're trying to make time for you to even like get to know who you are. Yeah. So committing that time, like <laughs> I often say that program. And so it's a nine week program, right? Mm -hmm. You have to commit those yeah. nine weeks to yourself mm -hmm. and people get squirrely. Yeah. Like I'll be like, okay, here's the program. Here's the pricing. This is what it looks like. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I have the time to dedicate to this. I don't know. There's just so much going on. And the irony of it for me, right? It just, and I'm sure you get this too, uh -huh. a whole day, whole day. 100%. Do you really need a whole day? Can't we do this in a few hours? Right. Uh -huh. So people will start to negotiate with you. Yeah on price or timing or whatever it might be being like, oh, I can't, I couldn't possibly dedicate a, that much money be that much time to yourself. Yeah. I Is know. that a real thing you're saying out loud? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And here's the funny part of it folks is that, you know, you are straight up telling us how badly you need to experience exactly. something yes, like this. Exactly. When you say, I yeah. cannot devote that kind of time or money to myself mm -hmm. because there's all this other business going on in my life that I can barely handle. 
I guess what I'm saying is that when we devote this time to ourselves, mm -hmm. all that other stuff actually gets parsed into a reprioritized system mm -hmm. where it doesn't feel like all that other stuff no. anymore. You magically gain time. It's weird. Yeah. And, you know, I was saying to Beth when she first got here today, the universe gives you signs. I believe this. It's a little woo-woo. Go with it or don't. But... I really, truly believe that the universe gives you signs. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes like I'll sit down to work on something and if it's not going to work out and it's already a total train wreck and I'm like, why is this so difficult? I will stop and be like, why is this so difficult? I think because this is not what I'm meant to be doing at this moment and I need to shift my priorities and my focus, mm -hmm. right? And I'll, I think a lot of us type A people, people will approach us and say, how do you do so much? Mm, yeah. How do you do so many things? Mm -hmm. Right? And I get this question a lot, mm -hmm. as you can imagine. Yes. Right? Because I run a business and I have young children and we just got a puppy yeah. and I'm going back to school yeah. and I have a podcast and I'm running a retreat this summer and like, and, 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 yeah. and we're adding to the list and we're adding to the list. But here's the thing. I'm not that stressed out about it. No. Not particularly. Mm -hmm. And I find myself with big chunks of time for me when I need it. Yeah. So how does that happen if I have so many things going on? Yeah. And any anyone would look at that list and be like, oh, that's too much for me. And yet here you are making it happen and feeling good about that. Because of the time I've already invested in getting to know myself, mm -hmm. reprioritizing, yep. understanding what's important, letting go of the things that are using up my brain space or my busy making, mm -hmm. just letting them go. Yeah. Right. And I think QHHT is a great way to do that mm -hmm. right because it it brings those priorities to the top of the list it makes them yep. very obvious it it marries your subconscious to your conscious mind yep and I mean even the act of coming up with the questions which a lot of people even struggle with that mm. but it gives you I that did. opportunity to look at your life and be like well what am I even doing yeah and then just like figuring out what you even are curious about about yeah. yourself and it's just it's really interesting how how many pieces of the process in in QHHT have their own revelations. And, sure, yeah, and healings their own their own um, value. Yeah, yeah, right. They, they all and working in tandem to to make whatever these huge things that happen will be. Yeah. I can tell you, my dad had a hernia for four years and he had like a big bump over his belly button. So he had an Audi belly button. And during his session, he had a healing and has an innie belly button again. So then later like, I what? asked, I know. And later I asked, cause this is a visual thing. I mean, he had a lot of stuff internally that they were working on, but I mean, this is something you can tangibly see and witness and so the next time I had him under, I asked about or like doing a body scan and they were giving me updates on things and they said they were admiring their handiwork and the patch was holding up. And it was just like one of those things that I'm like, first of all, as a conscious person, if I just think about scanning my body, I don't really know what's going on. But the stuff that came out of him was like, like medically it made sense. Accurate. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, he doesn't know that stuff. So it's really interesting. And then of course, like the patch. Okay, sure. Yeah. 
and it's just wild yeah and so I mean like I they they talk about like <clears throat> different ways like a, a drink concoction in the morning that in, involves like ginger and garlic and turmeric and all these other things that he takes now and and they oh it's just incredible and so his his entire existence he says he's he feels healthier now when he's going to be 70 this year yeah than he did in his 40s wow and this is all like it kick-started he he wasn't able to lose weight and he walks every day yeah a ton of walking because he has two huskies and he just couldn't drop any weight. He was like eating better and stuff. And then they explained this after his session because the weight just came off after. Right. That he was having these energy blocks where the energy he would take in with food would just sort of get bounced off. And so it didn't get processed as energy the same way it should. So it would just get stored in fat. And so what they did is removed the block. And the one recording he has, you could hear this part happening. Um, and he would have like this burning feeling in his stomach. It was very interesting. Anyway, those blocks are gone and now everything goes through perfectly. And he's like, he's at the best weight he's been. Wow. It's unbelievable. Like, yeah. And he did nothing differently. But it is unbelievable, I isn't know, it? Like you have I these know. moments as a skeptic, you have these yes. moments where you're like, but that. No. no even now I still go through it and I have to re-listen to recordings because I'm like come on come on like what and then because like my own personal experience I was so aware during same right I was so, so aware it's hard for me and and like um with my like the way people experience their higher self or subconscious talking like my dad he would go and lay on a hammock or something that's his experience and then this this other time right as I'm getting him to go under and he goes under in like 30 seconds now. It's kind of amazing. He goes, huh, that's different. And then I was like, wait, what? And then, and then greetings. And they were here <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then, so when he came out and I asked him, he's like, I was on a train this time. And he's like, I was looking for my hammock and I couldn't find my hammock. And then I could hear muffling on the other side. So he could sort of hear the conversation this time. And during this one session, they said, next time he'll be able to hear us so it's like oh, he was raising and they it. his frequency is raising to the point where he can hear us so apparently when you're aware that is because your frequency is a, like raised enough so this is actually a sign of our growth and evolution oh come on no kidding and then that's wild there was some uh some other uh practitioners that were getting information about dna and how our dna is now like completing in a different way and that's why this is happening so it's almost like the veil is thinning and all this stuff and so it's really interesting to hear it on that level and then see it in my own sessions and yet I'm still like but is it real <laughs> like, I know well <laughs> and it takes no but it takes you to this place like you know okay so my husband is a skeptic but he's also like a huge nerd right yeah. Um, and he is obsessed with the whole concept of aliens right now because mm. they've released all this information and it like, it's real information, yeah. right? It's I, not like, that's the part that's messed up yeah. is you go, yeah, yeah. And they're like, no, 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 this is nonfiction. Like it's, yeah. it's actual real life information about alien crafts or interactions with foreign objects or videos of foreign objects that cannot be explained or whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. There's all of this stuff, right? So he's obsessed. And every time they release something new, 
he'll be like, look at this video or read this article or check this out. And still in my mind, I'm like, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> there's going to be a logical explanation for this. Yeah. But also my logical mind says, are you so ignorant and so um, arrogant yeah, that's the word to I was thinking. think that the human race is the only living yeah. being in the universe like no absolutely no. so do i believe that aliens exist <laughs> guys you're gonna get me on audio here saying this out loud Hopefully. yes of course they do yes. how could they not yeah how it could makes sentient no beings outside of this planet not exist that yeah. would be so arrogant to believe that yeah but then when i hear stuff like this from you too i'm like okay are they already here? And they're like having these conversations that we can't hear yet, but maybe we can like, right. and I start to go down the rabbit hole of here's a huge block of stuff that I question mm -hmm. as far as like, can I believe this? Do I believe this? This is too out there for me. Yeah. But also, is it related? Like I have these moments where yeah. I wonder how much of this stuff that we don't believe or that we say is fiction mm -hmm. is actually true and how much of that stuff is related. Not to say like QHHT lets you talk to aliens, but maybe it does. What do I know? I don't know. There are a lot of cases of people having um, different like more than just higher self conversations. Some are, there's like the council, one woman that had a QHHT session then became a channel for the council. And it's like all these different galactic beings that come through. Again, my skeptic is just like, but really, but really? But at the same time, it's just like, I don't know, maybe. But like, for, and from purely scientific point of view, okay? Yeah. Let's posit that aliens are real. Okay. Yeah. Because otherwise we're assholes. Yeah, I think so. Right? We're not the center of the we're universe. We're not the center of the universe. There's <laughs> no way. There's just no way. Okay. Right. So let's pause it. Okay. Aliens are real. Mm -hmm. Right? And then let's pause it that during this hypnosis thing, you can't, you are way more aware of your subconscious. Mm -hmm. Right? And then let's also say that not all beings are going to communicate in the same way. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's been like decades and decades of documentation around, you know, um, psychic connections or yeah. what they call the, the higher intelligence where somebody comes up with an idea and literally like three days later in the middle of nowhere oh, yeah. in a different country on the other side of the planet, they come up with the yeah. same thing. So you know, once something's been invented, yeah. it Collective opens the floodgates of yeah. what can be done. Mm -hmm. Once somebody's beat a record, it opens the floodgates of other people beating that record. Like yep. there's just this weird collective consciousness that mm -hmm. we all share you can believe that or you cannot believe it i mean i choose to believe it because i feel that it allows us all to go further faster yeah and as a super type a person that's very attractive to me yes wow what a fascinating conversation with beth grixty please do join us for part two you do not want to miss out thank you for listening like and subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts. 
visit www.yorkmotivational.com for more information on my super type A attempt at being Zen, the coaching program, lead without permission, or visit our contact page to reach out to Risha. Wishing you all continued balance and fulfillment on your road to Zen.